Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Can anybody know what's best for others? That's the dilemma at the core of Gloria Mattioni's multi-award-winning women's fiction, California Sister, that follows the Italian-born mystery writer Claire Waters living in Los Angeles when she rushes back to her home country to help her sister after a devastating brain hemorrhage. Claire is determined to restore her to health or help her die with dignity. But would her nonverbal sister want to go on struggling, damaged as she is, or end her suffering? It's a story of fierce love and heartbreaking grief set in Los Angeles and Bergamo, Italy. It has been reviewed by readers as a love letter to Los Angeles and a book that is better than therapy. It's a dual narration that alternates the sister's points of view, giving voice also to the sister who lost her verbal ability through letters, emails, journal excerpts, travel scrapbooks, and the imagined thoughts of a person affected by locked-in syndrome. Welcome, Gloria, to the Author Express podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start today by just telling me what's the most interesting thing about where you're from. Okay, actually, I'm from Milan, Italy, but I consider myself a Los Angeles person because I chose Los Angeles when I moved from Italy to the United States. And the reason why I chose it was because it has a very special geography. Mm-hmm. So it's basically in the middle of oceans, mountains, desert. Mm-hmm. Reach everything in about an hour drive. And that for me, it's a great advantage since I'm an outdoor person and mm. the outdoor. Mm-hmm. But the real reason why I got so fond of it, uh, living here, because I love the people. Oh, <laughs> Angelinos, yes. And uh, why? Because the Angelinos are actually a huge mixing pot of people coming from different countries, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. ancestry. Um, so it's a city of dreamers. Everybody who comes from Los Angeles, everybody who comes from Los Angeles is uh, coming because they want to achieve something. Including you. Yes. (laughs) Very good. Yeah. So let's ask a little bit more about you as a person. You grew up in Milan, which is a lovely place. I've been there for like one day because that's what Americans do, go places for one day. I think I went up the cathedral there, which was just glorious. But anyway, so tell me, who was your best friend growing up in Milan? Ah, my cat. (laughs) Yes, because uh, I was a very solitary kid. My sister and cousins were all older than me. Uh So they didn't uh, actually let me play with them. I could watch, but not play with them. Yeah, and my mom was uh, um, working all day, so she had no time to take me with play days with kids. So the cat was actually my very good friend, and she was part of all my imaginary games. Oh, very good. Yeah, she (laughs) could be sometimes a threatening tiger, sometimes my Barbie doll that I would dress up. A very accommodating cat. Very accommodating cat, a good cat, (laughs) yes. I'm a cat person. Are you still a cat person? 
I'm both. I'm a cat and also a dog person. Okay. I rescue animals and strays so all the time. <laughs> oh, well, that is a very worthy thing. Good for you. Can you tell me something that people might find it hard to believe about you? Okay, yeah. Usually what people wonder more about and are shocked about is that I have a son who's actually a college professor. Oh. So when they meet me, usually when I, if I say I have a son, they usually ask me, uh, oh, he's in college? Okay, what is studying? <laughs> <laughs> I had him very young when I was 17. That's really, you know, my parents are young and I think that's really great for the kids in some ways because, and, and also for you, because you get to have a lot of your life left when your kids have flown the coop, then you have, still have lots of time to pursue your own things. I do think it's, that's really cool. What does your totally son teach? Agree. I totally agree. And uh, I loved it. My experience, you know, being a young mom, the energy that you have when you're young. is different. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have my first until I was almost 30 and I am feeling tired all the time. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> my son teaches history. He's actually also a podcaster. Okay. He has a very popular history podcast. So yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's very cool. Okay, well, let's talk. Uh, let's move into talking a little bit about your book, California Sister. Who do you think is going to connect with your book, or who were you thinking of when you wrote it? When I wrote it, my main motivation was trying to share what I learned during my personal experience, because the book is fiction, definitely, but is inspired by my sister's story. Mm. And uh, my sister suffered a really bad brain hemorrhage, brain mm. hemorrhage, and she was deprived of almost all her abilities. And mm. she couldn't speak, she couldn't eat, she couldn't move, basically, you know? So mm -hmm. I had to find a way to interact with her and to communicate through all of that. And I did learn that a lot of things. I learned to use all my senses. I learned to use touch. I learned to use my voice, music. So I wanted to transmit all of that. So not only, of course, it's not about only people who were in my sister's situation, but it's for everybody who is dealing with uh, trying to help a loved one Mm -hmm. with disability or that they lost the ability to make a decision for themselves, like an mm. early parent. Or mm -hmm. And then anybody actually going through grief, you must have lost your mother or somebody else and you're going through grief and try to find a solution and it's very hard. So mm. I got the kind of feedback from my readers. Most of my reviews are people who say, oh, this book helped me so much to go through my own grief for the loss of my mother or things like that. Oh. And that is really rewarding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, I think, what's so wonderful about fiction is the chance to make a difference in your own life, but then also in other people's lives. We, we need that so much. We can process tough things through story, somebody else's story, so much more easily sometimes than we can in our own lives. It's just beautiful. Totally. <laughs> I totally agree with that. 
was one of the reasons why I wrote it as a fiction. I couldn't write it as a memoir, but I oh, yeah. the, the distance for myself and also the distance for the reader because it's a story also rich in many other things. No? So there is love, there is hope, there is... Uh, um, the one of the, the sister who lost her abilities was actually a singer-songwriter. So there oh. are songs in there, you know. There, there is a lot. There is journals, letters. Uh, yeah, that sounds wonderful. So you almost answered the next question I was going to ask for me already. I was going to ask if your book would be exactly the same if you'd written it 10 years ago, but clearly not because it's based so <laughs> clearly on your own experiences. Yeah, I couldn't have written... Uh, at all, you know, I came back from Italy where I stayed a long time to help my sister in 2009. And it took me five years before I could start writing about it. Oh, I'm sure. And deciding to write it through fiction. Yeah. 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 Well, that sounds beautiful. So you are an artistic family, apparently, if your sister is a singer-songwriter. So when did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? Okay, uh, first, just to say, my sister wasn't. Was, yes, I'm so sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah, all, no, no, she wasn't, meaning in the fiction. I, I oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay, I see, okay. So it's not entirely, not entirely based off your own life. Okay, no, beautiful. No, no. It's <laughs> so it's just uh, the premise is, uh, you know, my personal experience, but then the story I gotcha, okay. But yeah, coming back to your question, I knew I was going to be a writer since I started to speak in complete sentences mm. because I started obviously as an oral storyteller because I was probably three. <laughs> so, <laughs> Telling stories to your cat. Exactly. To my <laughs> cat, to my preschool mates, classmates, uh, and uh, everybody would listen. I was always telling stories to the point that in my family, they thought that uh, most of what I said was actually imagination, no? even uh -huh. true <laughs> stories. No? And yeah, and then I upgraded to illustrate my stories when I started to draw. Wow. And uh, I think that stuck with me because even now I barely outline my novels. I still oh. them. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I just, usually what I have is a, I have a corkboard and I put scenes there. I write scenes as they come and then mm -hmm. I put them on my storyboard. And then at some point, just staring at my corkboard, at my storyboard, it starts to make sense. And so oh, yeah. Magically, almost magically, the outline takes shape. Oh, I think that that makes so much sense to me because for me, a lot of things are very spatial and I really need to see things laid out. I have never tried a corkboard, but that actually makes so much sense to me. I've often thought as I'm looking at all these different documents and trying to do a timeline, how much easier it would be if I could just have it all laid out in front of me and I could point this there and, you know. Isn't there something about an interior castle where you can remember things? If you put them in a specific room, in a specific place in your mind or something like that? Yeah, to me, it totally worked. I mean, I resumed this kind of practice from my childhood when I started to write fiction. And I loved it. All of a sudden, I was not stuck uh, just staring at the blank page on the computer. Mm. And I could just go without worrying about the structure and everything. I'm totally yeah. a cancer, obviously, not a plot. <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> okay, well, um, this is also very interesting. So tell us, where's the best place for folks to find you online? 
could be both Instagram or Facebook. On Instagram or on Facebook. Great. And then or on my website. Okay, great. So um, tell me then in closing today, what book or story inspires you the most? Everyone always struggles with this, but uh, at least for right now in this moment in time, what stands out to you? Oh, you mean as a novelist? Or as a reader or as a human being? You can interpret that any way you like. Okay, so as a kid reader, since I was a huge reader even when I was very young, it was definitely um, Call of the Wild by Jack London. Um, I think because I love animals, I love wildlife, and I love that story of uh, heroism where the mm-hmm. protagonist was a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, instead, later on, as a novelist, um, the writer who inspired me most is uh, John Didion. Okay. Because she has this incredible, beautiful style, very dry, at the same time, highly visual. And the mm-hmm. way she constructs the sentence uh, is incredible. And she's a former journalist who won mm-hmm. a bunch of prize for her um, nonfiction, and so for the journalism. But uh, when she wrote uh, Plays It as It Lays, which is an incredible novel set uh, in the 60s in Los Angeles, actually in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and deals with a lot of uh, very tough um, themes like mental illness, mm. but at the same time depicts uh, Hollywood as a mix of glamour and uh, grimness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how she connected with Los Angeles and uh, everything that we said before. Mm-hmm. Yes, city of dreamers, but also city of a lot of frustration for those mm. don't make it. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. Yeah, she really inspired me. Well, thank you for that recommendation. We'll all be sure to check it out. So thank you very much, Gloria, for being on the Author Express podcast. Thank you for having me. It was fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.